Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm super excited to be joined by my friend Ira Antelis who is the founder of 120 Life. We're going to talk all about it. It's the first juice drink created for the 100 million Americans with high blood pressure. But before we get there, Ira, I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Ira, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, First, thanks for having me. Um, You know, as some people know, that I spent most of my life writing and producing music. And a lot of it for television commercials, for pop records, theater, uh, sort of you name it in music, I was doing it. And an illness set my blood pressure through the roof. And unbeknownst to uh, this point in my life, the the thought that I would create a drink that would lower high blood pressure was not really in the cards. But I was reading about all these things that lowered your, your blood pressure as I was trying to lower mine and it just dawned on me what if, if everything I was reading about lowers your blood pressure a little bit, what would happen if you put them all together? Maybe it would lower it a lot. And that's how I created 120 Life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Um, like you said, um, you have a fascinating background um, that I know you continue to, uh, to, to uh, you know, love and have a passion for music music production, you've done, you've done a lot and certainly, you know, diagnosis that uh, sort of changed, changed your life. Um, and I understand your doctor told you get it down in three weeks or it's surgery. Um, so what I love about your story, Ira, is how you have turned your diagnosis into something that's helping over 108 million people in America. So high blood pressure. What was that experience like hearing that and how, again, exactly did it lead to this idea of, of a drink helping? How did you discover this? You, you know what happened? Um, I did, yeah, he said, you have three weeks or we're going to do open heart surgery because I had another health issue. And my first question, which might sound a little ridiculous because my dad was a pharmacist. I said, what's high blood pressure? Because most of us know what can happen. You hear about strokes and heart attacks. But I wanted to know what caused it and how I could lower it. So they basically said, figure it out. So I went home and I I read everything I could read. Uh, 
what should I eat? What should I drink? Cut your salt. And in three weeks, they, they also gave me some medication. My blood pressure went down to the point where he felt uh, I would not need surgery. But I was sort of a little bit obsessed at that point about uh, just lifestyle choices. And I would be, I'd be on the internet, what should I drink for high blood pressure? And, and every time I'd read that, it would say, studies show pomegranate juice as little as two ounces a day lowered blood pressure up to 8% in six weeks. Or studies show hibiscus tea eight, a cup a day lowered blood pressure 10%. So one day uh, I just was sitting in my kitchen and I, I kept thinking, wow, if 10% on hibiscus tea, 8% on pomegranate juice, 6% on beets, and I just did the math, and they all sort of look similar, and off to Whole Foods I went, and um, I started buying everything I had read about, and figuring if I were to create a drink, what it would look like, how big would it be, and, and you know, with my wife being you know, the one who is an amazing cook, the hardest part was convincing her to allow me to have like two inches of her kitchen counter, as I say. And, um, but I, you know, that's what I did. I just started formulating it. And here we are over four years later, you know, probably close to 2 million in revenues and helping a lot of people. Well, I, we're going to dig into all of these pieces in our conversation, because again, first and foremost, you're saving people's lives, but also I love to hear any entrepreneur share their story of entrepreneurship. And you just talked about their revenue, substantial growth, which is exciting. But you mentioned about the pomegranate juice. You mentioned about the ingredients. It's, it's really natural ingredients. I'm looking at the nutrition facts right now, and it includes zero grams of added sugars, which is always music to my ears. Yeah. Um, it looks like delicious ingredients. And you're saying that this is actual, actually a natural way that stops blood vessels from uh, from from uh, constricting too much. Um, very interesting. So you have uh, uh, heard success stories in the past, Ira? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, people call me all the time uh, or email me all the time and say, uh, my blood pressure dropped 30 or 40 points or, you know, it changed my life or I feel better. I mean, I answer the phone calls. That's sort of one of my jobs. So I talk to people a lot. And the, um, I know it's really, really helped many, many people um, and it's also taught them that you can fight this disease. You know, this is a disease that can be controlled. If you cut your salt, I think a lot of our ingredients help. And some of the reason that our ingredients help is because it mirrors some of the medication. And I'll give you one example. So if you have high blood pressure, the first thing a doctor will do is give you a diuretic. And in our drink, there are two natural diuretics. Hibiscus is a natural diuretic and so is pomegranate juice. So unbeknownst to me, what I created parallels many of the medications, but in natural form. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to dive in, um, perfect segue into the business side of things. Um, again, I'm, I'm chatting with the founder of 120 Life, a uh, literally a life-saving um, juice, a drink um, that's combating high blood pressure. And Ira, aside for... Um, the uh, the amazing effects of the drink. Um, you're also developing a very successful business. So I have to uh, ask the real life story. Is there any things about business ownership that surprised you, and what lessons would you share to fellow entrepreneurs that might be tuning in of perhaps you know speed bumps that they might be able to sort of swerve around? 
Yes. Um, so the first thing is, you know, for, for many, many years, I had a very, very successful mu music company. And I would do, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of pieces of music for commercials. So I was sort of used to running a business, but running a juice business is a totally different mechanism. And in my sort of simplicity, I thought, well, I'll create this. I'll go on TV, talk about it, because I know a lot of people in the media and somebody will come and buy me. Well, that did not happen. So all of a sudden it was like I had to learn about uh, margins. Like, you know, you can't be at a 20% margin. Like people want to see margins, let's say, of over 50%. You know, things like that. Um, you know, cost controls. You know, sh what are shipping costs? Things I'd never experienced in my life. And finally, one day somebody said, you know, Ira, you're a very creative person. This is a great idea, but you can't run your business. And I said, you're right. Let's find somebody. And I found a brilliant, brilliant young man, Adi Malik, who who's taken it from a really, let's say, great idea into a really functioning business with all of the things that business people like. Well, that's really good advice right there that you can't do it all, that uh, bottom line, uh, hire professionals, know your area of expertise and bring others in. So uh, again, I'm chatting with Ira and tell us from 120 Life, we'll uh, send people over to your website in just a moment. Ira, um, where do you see uh, 120 Life in five years from now if you have a crystal ball? Wow. Um, well, let me say one thing because uh, the great, maybe the greatest thing for me about 120 Life is um, I started it when I was close to 60 years old. So I think for all the people who out there who are out there and sometimes feel I'm too old to do this, my message is no, you're never too old. If you have an idea, whether you're 30 years old or 50 or 60 or 70, go pursue it. That because nobody, everybody laughed at me. They're like, "What do you know? You do music. What would you know about this?" And here we are. In five years, I think as the word continues to spread and we continue to advertise and market. You know, we hope to be, you know, significantly higher, $10, $15 million in revenues. And again, we're trying to teach people how to really, on some level, save their lives. Because if your blood pressure lowers, that means the odds of you getting kidney disease, heart disease, strokes go down exponentially. So that, to me, is the most important thing, uh, personally, that we're helping people. Mm -hmm. uh, and in five years, we'll see what happens. Excellent. Well, Ira, that's uh, we're coming to the end of our time together. Can you share your website so people can learn more about 120 Life and the amazing growth and success that you've had? Yeah, so it's 120life.com. And we tell people this, if you want to order for two weeks and are you unhappy for any reason, we guarantee your money back and I refund the money. So it's if you have high blood pressure, it is definitely worth the opportunity to try this. So the goal is ordering from 120 Life doesn't increase your blood pressure. There we go. <laughs> well, thank you, Ira and Tellus. Thank you so much for joining us to share your story and the good work that you're doing. I look forward to bringing you back on and continuing to follow uh, the success. Again, that website is 120life.com. Got to squeeze in a quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download the past eight plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Shalom Klein, and I am so excited to be joined by my next guest, Lizzie Hurwitz, um, who's the founder and CEO of Finch. Um, Lizzie uh, has a fascinating background, has served as the chief operating officer 
uh, of a uh, of an interesting company fighting to stop single-use water. And we're going to learn all about Finch and the amazing work uh, around sustainability that uh, Lizzie and her team are involved in. So, Lizzie Hurwitz, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It is a pleasure. So I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. I want to go all the way back to to your story when you were 16 years old, because it sounds like that was a very formative time that led to the business and organization that you're running now. Lizzie, tell us how you became so passionate about uh, sustainability and the environment. Sure. So if you remember back to 2004, you know, obviously climate change was known by certain communities and scientists, but it was not in the mainstream like it is today. And so I didn't really know that much about it and had the opportunity to live off the grid in the Bahamas. It was actually a school, which is wild. Um, So all of our water came from um, the rain. All of our energy came from solar panels and a wind generator. Um, If it didn't rain, we couldn't shower, etc. But it was this beautiful way of living, obviously not bad in the Bahamas. And so the way that I explain it is that I sort of saw the solution before I fully understood the problem. And I think that really set me off because a lot of people think when they first hear about climate change, they think wildfires and droughts and these really scary things. But I just saw this beautiful way of living that could be scaled and possible. Um, And then just wanted to dedicate my life towards making that more of a reality for everybody. Well, that's incredible. And I know that you have a joint MBA, MS in environmental management from Yale University, a bachelor's from Middlebury College, and you're living in Denver, Colorado. So you have continued your passion in this area. What's the story behind Finch? What do you and your team uh, do? So Finch is a platform that decodes products' environmental impacts to help consumers make better purchasing decisions. So what that means is it's really complicated to find products that are good for you and good for the planet. There's a lot of greenwashing out there where people say eco-friendly, all natural, things that aren't regulated and don't mean anything. And so it's really up to the consumer to do their own research. And many of them become apathetic or they get confused and give up. And so this actually came out of um, my personal experience because I have this background that you just mentioned. Friends and family were coming to me saying, you know, I just had a baby. What type of diaper should I buy, et cetera? And I didn't know all the answers. And when I looked online, there was not one source of truth that was accessible um, and, and fun to sort of read, but also based in real data. And so Finch is really meant to make this experience easier for everybody. So we have a browser extension where you go on Amazon, you type in body wash. We'll show you what our favorite body washes are. And if you already have a favorite... We'll show you what that score is, um, what we like about it, what what could be better, and then a couple of alternatives in case you're interested in making a better decision. Amazing. So what's the biggest challenge with rating consumer goods? You just talked a little bit about how uh, Finch provides those ratings, but what's that challenge? I'd say it's a twofold challenge, and it all comes down to the scarcity of data. So there's one type of data that uh, is just academic research, right? Science, Science is evolving. It's never quite settled. And so we are depending on academic papers that were published two months ago. Um, And frankly, there's not, for everything we want to write, there is not enough of like, you know, dozens of peer-reviewed articles that all have the same outcome. So we really need to do some digging. And then when we do have, um, when we do have clear data on, you know, what the climate impact of something is, et cetera, um, then a lot of these companies, we have to depend on publicly available data. And while we have plenty and that hasn't been enough to sort of re, 
re, uh, restructure the, the algorithm. Um, there are still companies that are not as transparent as we would like them to be, and we'd love them to share, to share more. Interesting. Very interesting. So I want to segue over to the business side of things because, Lizzie, despite all the uh, amazing work that you're doing, you are um, running a business and you did start this company from scratch. What has that side of your experience been and what advice would you share to uh, fellow uh, entrepreneurs um, just getting started? It's a really good question. When I, I think important background just quickly is that I never thought of being an entrepreneur. This was never in my plan. I thought that I would work at a massive company like Unilever for my entire career. And when I became chief operating officer of this company, I just fell in love with entrepreneurship, taking a company from inception to scale. My favorite part of it is that no two days are the same. I've been at this for two years and I have not had any monotony in my life. So I've just really loved it, and I thought that um, that I'd be good at it, and so that's that's where my strengths are. I would say um, my one piece of advice is to find people who can help you do the things that you're not good at and that you don't want to do. Understanding your strengths and your weaknesses is the most important part. Nobody is a hero and can do all of this, and so for me, for example, the first two things that I did was I hired a lawyer and I hired an accountant because I don't want to spend any time in QuickBooks or reading through contracts, and that is the best you know, $300 a month that I'm spending because I get to focus on what really gives me life um, in the day, and, and that's not reading contracts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, this is certainly a theme because we talked about this earlier in the show as well. So talking about sustainability, um, we know that this is something that you know, it's interesting. It, it when people are focused on it, they're really focused on it. But otherwise, they're they're really not. And I know that that's the mission of Finch. Of you know, you're trying to rate products, trying to trying to make sure that you're sharing uh, as much knowledge um, and information with folks. So what what is that evolution of sustainability? Where do you see things going? And do we have do we have uh, sort of a uh, a a trajectory that we should be proud of, or or are we in bad shape? <laughs> No, we have a trajectory that we should absolutely be proud of. And I was an environmental history major, actually, so this is really, really interesting to me. I think that for so long, the sustainability movement has left people out. So, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, it was this crunchy vibe where if you weren't camping on the weekends, you didn't really fit in. And then, you know, after a couple of other movements, it became sort of like the Gwyneth Paltrow vibe, so to speak, where it was like, if you're not spending $16 on a green juice with a metal straw, you're also not participating, right? I think the way forward is really this democratization of sustainability and accessibility for everybody. There's such a huge social aspect to this, and it's the it's the movement where everybody can play a part, regardless of who you are, where you're from, what you look like. Um, and I think that's really exciting. And you know, to your point, what used to happen was people were either dedicating their lives towards this. Or they were saying, you know what, I don't care. And of course there are a small, you know, there's 20% of the population that just don't even believe in climate change or would never be interested in this. But that middle sort of 50 to 70% um, are progressive, believe that climate change is happening. They don't, they just don't have the time in the day to dedicate to this. And so that's really what we're here for to say, like, now it's it's super easy for even you to, to be able to be a part of this without turning your entire life upside down. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that information. So many companies have tried to rate products before Finch. Why are you the one that is going to be successful? 
I think for two reasons. The first is pure timing. It has nothing to do with me or my team. It is that the world was not quite ready for this yet. Um, and you're absolutely right. We were, you know, not even in the first five or ten companies to try something exactly like this. Um, yeah, the, the world wasn't ready. And now as Gen Z is becoming stronger in their purchasing power, they care about the environment more than any other issue facing the world. And they are demanding this type of information from companies. And companies now need to figure out how they can... Um, how they can display information in a, in a way that, that resonates with their consumers. And so I think the demand is larger than it's ever been, so that's number one. Number two is I think what I just said before, honestly, is that the mistake that companies before us have made, from my experience, is that they have been focused so much on those hyper-green 5% of the population who are you know deciding to be vegan and not fly anymore and things like that. And we love those people. We need those people on the planet. But what we really need more of are, you know, a lot of people doing sustainability imperfectly, just doing their part. And no company really before us has been speaking to that middle population that says, it's okay if you want to continue to drive your Ford F-150, but these are other ways that you can participate. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, just not, it's, it's not inducing guilt, which we find really important. Well, Lizzie, I've certainly learned a lot in our conversation. I want to make sure our listeners know where they can learn more about you and Finch. Uh, can you share that website and contact information with our listeners? Sure. It's choosefinch.com. If you want to email us directly, it's hey at choosefinch.com. And then our Instagram and Twitter is just at choosefinch. Fantastic. Lizzie Horowitz from Finch. Thank you so much for educating our listeners. I look forward to following your story and uh, staying in touch. Uh, you could download our podcasts, um, including today's conversation, on your favorite podcast app. Just go to uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. Go to uh, go to your favorite podcast app and look for Get Down to Business, uh, as well as visit our website, shalomkline.com. Uh, we've got to squeeze in a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't touch that bell. More Get Down to Business when we return. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Some great conversations so far in the program, but guess what? We've got a lot more in store for you. Be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Marabali from healthplanchicago.com, healthplanchicago.com. Tom is pretty much accessible at all hours of the day and night and available to discuss your health insurance plan, everything relating to the Affordable Care Act. Um, and his number is 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477. Tom Mirabali, independent agent. You can learn more on his website, healthplanchicago.com. But speaking of learning a thing or two, I want to learn with all of you, with our fantastic listeners. Each and every week, we dive deep into meeting entrepreneurs, meeting fellow business owners, learning from them. But I always try to take a couple of minutes in the middle of the show to share uh, some advice, some tips, some information. Today, I want to talk about five trends that can transform your 2022 marketing strategy. Evolutions in consumers' values as well as they, how, how they interact with technology today are among the driving forces behind 2022's key marketing trends. We know that the relationship between marketers and customers are entering a whole new era. Pandemic-induced consumer behaviors, they're here to stay. Let's accept it. Over the past year, most of us have been forced to adapt to change and uncertainty more than ever before. With many of our daily interactions going solely digital, they have for me, we need to expect the gap between brands that meaningfully engage audiences online 
those who don't grow significantly. This will be a year when industry leaders will need to embrace change and invest in new solutions to keep ahead of the curve. There's no shortcuts to marketing strategies that deliver results, but there are a few key areas of innovation you'll want to keep an eye on to inform smart decision-making as we tackle 2022. So just a couple of quick tips before we bring in our next guest over here. Researchers at the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism found that concerns about misinformation are on the rise, which is why it's especially important to think about the context in which your customers interact with your brand campaign. For example, last year, the Bureau of Investigative Journalism revealed that dozens of the world's biggest brands were advertising on websites spreading misinformation and therefore unintentionally supporting the proliferation of inaccurate claims about pandemics, vaccines, and so on. It's very important that you understand how you are marketing and values do matter. Ultimately, you need to realize that where you put your information, and this is not a political statement, you need to pay attention that people will pay attention to whether it is a, uh, whether it is a, uh, a site that is considered to be um, uh, authentic. You want to focus when it comes to marketing on hyper-personalized content because that is what resonates. Broad brushstroke campaign messages, even when delivered with the highest content production value, are no longer enough. We're seeing far more attention being focused on highly specific content that speaks to the unique challenges that each audience segment is facing with a brand in action resolving these. Take a recent campaign from the Bank of Singapore as an example. This bank produced a TV series that captured real-life scenarios where people found solutions to their unique problems with this bank. The series not only strengthened the human face of the company through spotlighting real stories and their staff, but also proved how well the company knows its customers and what they need. You could do this for a small business too. Another way marketers are personalizing content to engage different audience segments is by creating a unique visual identity that indicates a step change. This might sound like a bold decision, especially for popular brands with wide-scale visibility, but can it be a great way to communicate to your audience what's new about you without the need to set up a whole new rebranding exercise? For example, illustrations may allow you to create a fresh look that works in harmony with your brand's visual identity, which is perhaps better suited to getting your campaign message across with greater impact. Have you heard about Meta? That's right. Uh, we know that Mark Zuckerberg announced that Facebook parent company would be rebranded as Meta. So he certainly reignited the world's interest in immersive experiences and the limitless nature of the metaverse. With the help of influencer marketing, for example, Paris Hilton's virtual New Year's Eve party, these digital worlds are carving their way into the mainstream. It's still in the early phases, but you will want to look into this because this is coming, I'd predict, before the end of 2022. There's higher expectations for experiential marketing. Pay attention to the features that might exist, like interactive chats and polling and interactive networking opportunities and innovative branding options. All of these things are things that I think we're going to be seeing in the coming months and certainly years ahead. So jump on it now and it will help your business, big or small, stand out from your competitors. I'll post more advice and information on my website, shalomkline.com. We've got a great blog. And of course, you can always download past episodes from the past, oh my gosh, nine plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. But while you're on my website, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share. And your favorite podcast app, it makes it easier for others to find the program. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. Lots of information over there as well. And finally, finally, uh, I also wanted to encourage everybody, if you're looking for a volunteer opportunity, you're looking to do something good for the community, visit esgr.mil, 
esgr.mil. That's the employer support for the Garden Reserve. Um, we know that businesses and individuals can do something for those serving abroad. And I encourage you to learn more about the employer support for the Garden Reserve. Find out how your business or organization or you as an individual can help support those in the National Guard or the reserve components of our military while they're off serving our country. Uh, lots of volunteer opportunities there. Again, esgr.mil. Again, visit my website, shalomkline.com. Check out our sponsors, Tom Mirabali from healthplanchicago.com. You could also call him 630-863-3477. But a very quick break here on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I've got a great guest in store for you. I've got Andrew Pollack, who's going to join me after this quick break. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Thrilled to be joined by Andrew Pollack, uh, who joins me uh, now. We're going to have a great conversation. Andrew, love to get to know the person behind the microphone before we start talking about your over 17 years of sales and digital marketing experience. Andrew, introduce yourself, please. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Shlom. Uh, I have been, as you said, in digital marketing for 17 years. Uh, I'm a husband, a father of two girls, three-and-a-half-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. So running a business is a piece of cake compared to uh, some of the chaos at home, but I love it. Uh, I, I got into digital marketing young, didn't go to college, uh, got into sales pretty young, got good at it, and then really interested in developing digital products and you know if i'm selling something i got to believe in what i'm selling so i've been on a mission to make my life as a sales guy as easy as possible so that i can provide uh really good solutions to the people that we sell these products to so a lot of product kind of background and then you know again sales is, is has been my bread and butter for the last almost what going on 20 years practically now Wow, uh, that's that's awesome. Again, excited to uh, learn from you because I know you've become a pioneer in conversion optimization for the mortgage and real estate marketing worlds since uh, 2004-ish, and you wrote a book, The Mortgage Marketing Manifesto. That's a mouthful, unlocking the holy grail of mortgage lead generation. So, Andrew, let's start at the very beginning. Somebody once told me it's the very best place to start. And Andrew, what led you to launch your first business? Yeah, so it's 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 interesting. I'll I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, I I started selling golf balls when I was seven. Got uh, really interested in entrepreneurship. My dad had started his own business. He was an immigrant. He had come here. He had some success. Worked really hard. It was a really good uh, role model for me in that way. Uh, I started playing piano around the same time. Uh, by like age ten, it was a pretty serious thing in my life. Like piano teachers were were throwing around the word prodigy and this whole life for me was kind of mapped out and I didn't really have much of a say in it at that point. So it was like, you're going to Juilliard, you're going to be a concert pianist, all this stuff was happening and, and it made me kind of rebel. So by 17, I went uh, and actually dropped out of high school and uh, pretty quickly realized that where I was going with my life was not where I wanted to end up. I was working at Blockbuster Video and uh, my dad told me pretty much that this is the kind of job you're going to have you know, for the foreseeable future unless you get into something like sales if you don't want to go to school. So got a sales job, uh, was on a mission to prove to myself and everybody that I could, I could do it and uh, I didn't need to go the, the, the path that uh, most people were telling me I needed to go with school and all that. So uh, I got into sales, got really good at it, and uh, at, at that point really the entrepreneur 
bug kicked back in and I thought, hey, I'm good at sales. I have a lot of ideas for product and how to make the stuff I'm selling better than what we're selling at this company I'm at. I'm going to go build it and do it myself and have been on that journey now, as we've, we've said a couple of times now for the last 17 years. So started my first company in 2006. It was pretty successful. We got to about $2 million a year in revenue by 2010. And that's when I got the idea for Lead Pops, and which is the company I, I'm the CEO at now. And uh, launched that in 2011. Fun journey between 2011 and 2018. Some successes, a lot of struggle. And then the dam finally started to kind of break in 2018. And the company really took off and has grown quite a bit since then. We just closed our Series A uh, about six weeks ago. Um, so, you know, now we're on a growth path and we're doing stuff uh, I've wanted to do for the last 10 years, but really. Well, congratulations on that. Congratulations on that lead pops. Um, you're certainly, uh, you're, you're, you're crushing it in terms of the, the growth. I I was looking at, uh, I know you, uh, in 2021, you successfully secured two rankings on the Inc 5000 list. Um, so that's quite impressive. By the way, I've got to say the Blockbuster job, I think that's pretty darn cool. I still have my Blockbuster card. It's sort of a relic that I keep on my desk. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. So Andrew, I want to talk about Lead Pops. What is it that you and your team do? And we'll get back to your entrepreneurial journey in just a minute. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we, we honed in on, on lead conversion and, and the fact that you can't you can't do business with clicks, especially in the verticals that we cater to and that we work with. You can't refinance a click. You can't sell, sell a house to a click. You've got to convert people, driving traffic, doing SEO and email marketing and blogs and videos and social media and all that good stuff doesn't do you much good if you're not able to convert the people that are seeing your stuff. And that was something I had just not seen anybody doing really well other than a couple really big, big players that, that were actually selling leads. So it was like, if this is what the companies that sell leads are doing to capture and convert leads, and it's almost the exact opposite of what everybody else is doing, why not create a solution that mimics what those companies are, are, are doing in terms of strategy and, and give that directly to the people? Let them generate their own leads instead of buying leads from a middleman. You know, it's a much better uh, experience for the consumer when they're connected directly to the person that they're interested in talking to versus getting their information captured and hijacked by some middleman company who just basically sells data. And so, you know, we created a series of SaaS products that were specifically built to capture and convert leads and create exclusive leads for our clients. So our clients are loan officers, they're real estate agents. In the very near future, there'll be financial advisors and attorneys and insurance agents. Our stuff works for a variety of different business types. Uh, and we're kind of releasing some restrictions uh, uh, this year that'll allow us to kind of cross into multiple other verticals besides the one we're in right now. But this this methodology and this approach works for just about anybody. I mean, uh, e-commerce is, is probably not a good fit for what we do. Uh, but if you're, you're in need of leads and you want to talk to people and you're selling a high-ticket product, what we do makes perfect sense and it can make everything you're doing work a lot better. Awesome. Again, I'm chatting with Andrew Pollack. Uh, the CEO of Lead Pops, uh, their uh, motto, Take Back Your Leads. Um, and he's also the author of a fantastic read, the Mortgage Marketing Manifesto, uh, an area where uh, Andrew has become the subject matter expert. We're going to continue our conversation about uh, digital marketing. We'll talk about customer acquisition and lead conversion, as well as his fantastic read when we return in just a moment. But a quick break. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business back with Andrew Pollock and Lead Pops when we return in just a moment. (music) 
Hey, we're back. I'm going to get down to business. I'm continuing my conversation with Andrew Pollock from Lead Pops, again, the author of the Mortgage Marketing Manifesto and the CEO of Lead Pops. Andrew, uh, you were just sharing with us a little bit about um, you know customer, acqu- customer acquisition, lead conversion. What I loved and what you shared is sort of who that ideal uh, customer is. Uh, maybe not e-commerce, but certainly uh, you wor- you've worked with a lot of folks. So what is the big takeaway that you want our small business listeners who might be tuning in to walk away uh, from this conversation? What can they do to grow it in the remainder of 2022? Yeah, absolutely. So most of the people you want to talk to, I think there's no doubt about it. Uh, in most cases, the, the consumers and, and people you want to do business with are online. They're on social media, they're on Google, they're on different review websites, they're watching your videos, they might be reading your content, you might have them on your email list, you're sending them information pretty periodically or regularly. It, it's not just spray and pray and hope that eventually someone will, will call you when the time is right. You got to be more strategic than that and think about how do I get this person to take action? How do I use a good call to action and a message to get them to take that next step? And you can't just hope that they're going to call you because you have good information out there. Most websites, as an example, are kind of like an online brochure. It's a lot of stuff to read, pictures to look at, maybe some videos and like a contact me style form. And there's a much better way to get people to provide you information than just to say, give me your name, email, phone number. Uh, There's a method in terms of how do you ask for information. It's more of a survey and it's asking information that's not considered going for the jugular. Ask them some qualifying questions. If it's about buying a house, hey, what kind of house is it? What do you think your down payment's going to be? What's your estimated time to move? Easy questions that they can answer really quickly. Typically a a drop-down menu, point and click, tap, not a lot of effort. Ask the qualifying questions first. Lead them into name, email, phone number. Don't ask them 20 questions at once, but just one or two at a time and make it really easy to discover those those entry points in your marketing. So there's links, there's buttons. It's really what it comes down to. People overthink this stuff. Buttons and links strategically layered in your marketing that pull people into easy questionnaires that ask the information you'd ask me if I walked into your office and at the end of the process, ask them for their contact information. It's the simplest way I can explain it and just layer this stuff into everything that you're doing. Don't just expect that they're going to read something and call you, but say, hey, find out if you're eligible. It only takes about 60 seconds to get started. Click the link below. See if you qualify. Hey, want to know how much house you can afford? Want to know how much money you can save? Want to get a free quote? It only takes about 60 seconds. Click the link below. Quick examples of calls to action that should always pull people into a really easy process of collecting information and not just saying, give me your contact info and tell me where you live. Ask the easy questions first. Get them comfortable at answering those questions where there's not too much of a barrier. And at the end of that process, once you've earned a little bit more of a commitment, then ask for that information. And you can do this in everything, your websites, your emails, your blogs, your videos. Everything that you do should have a purpose and it should drive people to make it really, really easy for them to talk to you and get in touch with you and not just hoping that they call you because you're losing a lot of clients if that's all you're doing. Well, Andrew, I know uh, I've been scribbling notes uh, furiously through this conversation. And I know speaking of websites, we're going to want to send people to your website. Um, you, you're very open, I know, with your, your story about uh, sort of young Andrew and how, uh, how your own uh, entrepreneurship story has developed. But on that note, I want to get people over to your website so they can uh, purchase a copy of the Mortgage Marketing Manifesto and get in touch with you and your growing rapidly team. Congratulations again on all of your success. Andrew, how can we get a hold of you and get in touch um, with your team? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, if, if you're in the mortgage or real estate industry, those are our primary uh, verticals that we can help you with uh, in terms of client acquisition, getting more clients. 
Go to leadpops.com. There are buttons and entry points all over that website. Demo requests, get a digital marketing assessment. They're everywhere. It's the stuff I was just recommending you do. We do it. We drink our own champagne. But you're going to find it really, really easy to get in touch with us. We ask you some easy questions to help us understand how we can help you. That then connects you with my team. We get on the phone. We do what's called a digital marketing assessment. We give you a scorecard. We help you understand how your consumers see you online and give you a rating and some next steps and recommendations on how to grow your business. You can do all of that at leadpops.com. Leadpops.com. Andrew, I've got to cut you off over there. Um, that's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer.